story from John chapter 15, verses 31 through 35, page 107 of the John 13, beginning with verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while, I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. New commandments I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also have to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. How would you define the word love? A young child might say, love is what's in the room at Christmas while everybody's opening presents. A husband and wife at the other end of life might say, love is when we still like each other, we still hold hands, even though we've known each other for so many years. A pet owner might say, love is your puppy licking your face when you come home from a hard day at work. In these scriptures that we've just read from John's Gospel, Jesus gives a definition of love. But he speaks about love by talking about his death. Now that Judas has left the room, the events that will lead up to Jesus' death will finally take place. And now Jesus speaks about his death in terms of glory. The glory that will come from his suffering on the cross. God's greatness, his glory, will be seen when Jesus offers his life as a sacrifice on the cross. And really, throughout all of Jesus' life, he had shown what God was like. Even in washing the disciples' feet on this night, he had shown them a little bit more of who God is and what he is really like. Throughout his life, Jesus has perfectly shown the world who God the Father is. And now, at the end of his life, God's greatness will also be seen in Jesus' willingness to suffer and die on the cross for sins. His sacrifice there will show God's love for sinners. And the suffering and the anguish that Jesus will endure, that we remember in this service tonight, was real suffering and real anguish. He was a real human being as he lived here on earth. He really suffered. He really wrestled with what price he would have to pay so that our sins could be forgiven. And through that, God's love for sinners like you and I would be seen. And through that sacrifice, it will be possible for sinners like you and I to love other sinners who are like us as well. Jesus will face a death that is a humiliating death. It's a death reserved for a rebellious slave, for a hardened criminal. But it will be the place, he says, where God's glory and God's greatness are seen. In Jesus' death on the cross, we learn more about who God is 
than at any other moment in history. The cross shows God's power to defeat Satan. It shows God's justice. Sins have to be paid for. It shows God's faithfulness to all of his promises through the first covenant scriptures. And it shows God's love for his enemies, people like you and me. Jesus' closest followers have really been struggling with this idea. What do you mean you're going to die? What do you mean you're not going to be with us any longer? And Jesus knows this will be really hard for them as he faces death. So he doesn't want them to miss the glory. He doesn't want them just to see a tragedy in his death. He doesn't want them to think only of their loss and how it will affect them. And so to help them know that you still have a mission even after I leave you, he gives them this new commandment. This is what he writes, speaks about in verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. If you think about the first covenant scriptures, this commandment isn't really new. God had commanded people to love him in the first covenant scriptures. He had commanded people to love other people who were made in his image. So technically, it's not a new command that we should love one another. But something has changed since those first covenant commandments were given. One thing that has changed is that we are now in a new age that began when Jesus first came to this earth. The new covenant brings the first covenant to completion. If Jesus doesn't begin the new covenant with the sacrifice of his life, then this new commandment is not possible. But something else is a little bit different about this commandment. There's a new standard for how we are called to love. It's that phrase in the middle of verse 34, just as I have loved you. Probably his immediate thought is, think about what I've just done a few minutes earlier. You all came in, none of you were willing to take the role of servant, but I got down and I washed your dirty, smelly feet. And in doing that, Jesus had put himself in the role of a slave. And really, his whole life on earth had been a life of slavery and service to others, and service to the will and purposes of God. And even though he has shown them over and over and over what love is really like, it will only be after he dies that they can start to begin to really understand just how he has loved them and the standard that he has set. So this new commandment is simple enough that you can teach it to children in junior church. But it's searching enough that even the most mature believer cannot say, this is easy. I got this. I can do this. We all are humbled and how poorly we obey this new commandment. No thoughtful believer could ever say, oh, I love just the way Jesus loves. It's hard enough to love your neighbor as you already love yourself. But to love truly as Jesus has loved us is impossible. We can't do it. And if we could love in this way, Jesus goes on to say in verse 35, that that kind of love would have a huge impact on the world of people around us. 
He speaks about that influence by saying, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Jesus basically gives the world and people around us the right to judge the sincerity of believers' love for one another. To check us out. Are you really loving like Jesus has loved you? At the very least, that means that if you are a believer in Jesus, you need to interact with people who don't know Jesus so that they can see your love for him. So following this new commandment to love one another as Jesus has loved us begins here in the church. It's here that we first learn among our brothers and sisters how to love sacrificially as Jesus has loved us. If you won't love those here in the community of faith, then it's less likely that you will love people who don't yet have faith in Jesus. It's here, among our brothers and sisters, that we can learn this kind of sacrifice, this kind of selfless love. It's here that we cut each other slack because we don't love this way very well. We often hurt each other. We often wound and offend each other and sin against each other. So here in the community of faith, we forgive each other. We say, yep, it's hard. I get it. I know. And we give each other grace so that we can learn how to love as Jesus loved. In a sense, we kind of practice on each other. And then that love takes us beyond the community of believers. It starts here. But Jesus calls us to go out and show this kind of love to other people. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus invites us to love even our enemies. In his letter to the Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul calls us to show love for all people. So those kinds of love are based on Jesus' sacrifice for us. On this night, Jesus washed the feet of everyone who was there in the room. And that's how Jesus had loved his 12 closest followers on this night that we are remembering. Everyone had been invited to this table. Even Judas, the one who was going to raise his fist against Jesus. Even Peter, the one who would deny him. Even the other ten, who by the end of this night would all bail on him as well. All of them had been invited. And so on this night, Jesus showed us what it is to love his enemies. And in that, he gave us another example of what God is like. And so when this kind of love, this kind of selfless, sacrificial love, is seen in God's people, it will have a greater impact than any church program could ever have. When this kind of sacrificial love is seen in God's children, it will reach farther than any political campaign could ever reach. Why? Because it is God's love. To sacrifice for people who maybe don't deserve it. And that's how Jesus has loved you and me. It's a kind of love that's meant to affect every part of our lives. It can help us to love the person at church who annoys us by not spreading that juicy tidbit about them. It can help us to love the sister who voted for a different political candidate than you did. It can help you to love your children, even when they're not everything you wish that they would be. 
It means if you respond to a brother or a sister on social media, you do it with grace and not outrage. It means you love your neighbor who might be hanging the wrong kind of flags on their porch. It means that you love that abrasive coworker who so often puts you down. In ways like those, you and I can show the love of Christ that he has shown to us. And it's only Jesus' love for you that makes that possible. We can't, we couldn't do it if he hadn't loved us in these ways. And even as his children, he is the only one who can soften our hearts to love others as he has commanded us to. Jesus doesn't ask you to love this way so that you can earn his favor. If you are in Christ, you've already received all of God's favor you can ever receive. He doesn't ask you to do this to prove how much you love him, to pay him back as if you could ever pay him back. Jesus asks you and I to show this kind of love as a sign that we have received his love. We are beginning to understand how great is his love and his sacrifice for us. And as you and I grow in loving like this, God will be praised. And if you and I are to grow in love like this, God is the one who must give us grace. Only his grace can enable us to do this. We will always be dependent on his grace to love as he is loved. What happens as you and I learn to love this way? Someone who doesn't know Jesus yet, who's a part of your life, might say to you, you know, I don't agree with all that stuff you say about who Jesus is, but I can't disagree that you sacrificed for me. By this will all people know that you follow Jesus. If you don't yet believe in Jesus, then these words can be an invitation to you to receive that for the very first time. To know that your moral crimes against God can be completely forgiven and completely wiped away. To know a love like a love you have never known before. As we continue to remember Jesus' real suffering and anguish from the night before his death, bless him for his love for you. Bless him for his sacrifice it has completely removed the guilt of your sins. Bless him for loving you as you have never been loved.